Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the show that brings together three well-known friends to chew the fat over three thought-provoking questions all washed down with three glasses of wine. And I am so chuffed to be in the company of the three men joining me today. First up, he's arguably the godfather of British podcasting. A hip-hop artist and spoken word poet who sold out the Royal Albert Hall and played Glastonbury, Coachella, Reading, you name it, he's been on that stage. He's also a patron of the British Stammer Association who quit his award-winning XFM show, The Beatdown, to launch his own podcast, Distraction Pieces. Yes, I know, you know it. Which features blockbusting guests like James McAvoy, Russell Brand, Kathy Burke, Zane Lowe, Liam Howlett, Eddie Izzard, and probably hundreds more. Not surprisingly, Distraction Pieces went on to bump Serial off the British iTunes charts. Oh, and he just casually made his acting debut alongside Tom Hardy in Taboo. Scroobius Pip, it is my pleasure. It's my pleasure to have an introduction like that. That's what lovely. a life. Thank you. Cheers. Do you feel good about yourself? I do. That was great. That makes me, yeah, you don't actually take time to sit back and appreciate anything. No, I feel I've lived a far better life than I, I probably gave you credit, credit for on the way here yeah yeah now I'll alongside you today we have two you might say forefathers of white wine question time the founders alongside Pip of the drunk cast and of course hardcore listings they are now the hosts of Pod Bible and the editors alongside Pip of its accompanying magazine it's Stu Whiffin hello Stu you alright last time seen in my back garden 
It was. We, uh, you was kind enough to give up a couple of hours of your time and you come and done the Off The Beaten Track podcast. Which is um, such a great podcast, I'm by so the way. pleased to hear he was invited. I've been hanging around that side for about four years. I last seen being chased out of my back garden. Excellent. And then sitting to your left, we have, of course, the third spoke on your triangle if triangles have spokes it's Chris Glasson hello hey Kate thank you so much for coming in yeah I wanted to give Pip a little applause there which I don't normally do and that was an amazing read out on our podcast we that's the most amount of research I've ever seen like, <laughs> for our own podcast that's more than we've ever done on 200 Completely. episodes Kate so well done yay I feel like I'm winning Now, you three have been mates since, uh, school might be a stretch, certainly since your student days, is that right? College yeah. for me and Pip. Well, me and Chris, were, yeah, we were, were college days and, and, and onwards. And me and Stuart was kind of, when me and Chris were friends in the college days, we were getting kicked out of the club that Stu is in charge of and, and, and runs. <laughs> yeah. And later down the line, we, we then all became friends and, uh, and linked up. Yeah. So that's kind of how it worked, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I remember you coming and... and uh, and, and asking if you could DJ one night. Yes. And uh, that didn't go quite so well, did it? No, I'd, I'd, I'd written a, a letter, weirdly, to yeah. ask if I could DJ and send That's a That's so polite. Yeah, and, and then the night I went there, I introduced you myself. You never told me that you wrote a letter <laughs> to Stuart to yeah. DJ. And Dear Stu. And sent a mixtape. How romantic. Um, <laughs> but then I went down on the night to meet him, and we kind of he kind of recognised me... Associated me with some troublesome youths who come Correct. to that area. Oh, That's yeah. just me and my mates. But um, and because <laughs> we didn't talk much immediately, I got blind drunk and threw up roughly on your feet in the toilets that night. So I didn't yeah. get the gig. <laughs> in, in in the end, that was kind of my audition because you were like, "Come down, I'll show you how it works." I came down. You're like, "All right, I'm busy at the moment." I was like, "I'm going to get blind drunk." <laughs> So, Do you know what, though? You come from a pocket of Essex U3 that has created some, some great ensemble, professional lineups of friends that, mm. that, that turn to business. Mm. So yeah. I can think of The Prodigy, mm-hmm. who are friends of mine and yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think of my ex, Darren Emerson, who's from your neck of the woods, mm-hmm. who yeah. was part of that, that electronic dance scene with Underworld. And then there's U3, and you really have, I mean, you are still going. It's got to be coming up 25, 30 years on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a while. As, it's as about friends. Yeah, yeah, S- sort of. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Do you mean Chris? We've had some fallouts. <laughs> no, we haven't. Everyone has their ups and downs. But we've we've had the club night together for ten years now. Is we? it ten years? Mm. And that's mad. That's crazy. Again, a club night in London that rarely lasts a few years. So it's, yeah. it's crazy yeah. that we've managed to keep that. So for ten years, along. Pip's been wearing a lizard mask, DJing. I uh, DJ with a, a rubber lizard. Mask originally, on. We, I was both. We were both going to DJ with one, and I couldn't find one I liked. So then he just kept on. Pe- have you got one yet? I was like, no. It's been 10 years now, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think expect- it would accommodate your beard now, Chris, <laughs> no. to be honest. I had to I mean- cut a hole in mine for my beard. G- genuinely, it's a big rubber lizard mask that I've cut the bottom off so my beard pokes out. Um, it's got lizard. eye holes. After the first one, I had to puncture it because I realised I can't hear anything really because it's didn't have any ear holes. <laughs> so I had to puncture it myself. And then, yeah, now every time the eye... The, it's got like a glass a plastic cover on the eyes so it just steams up it really isn't a good idea it's like for a cheap daft punk professional. really cheap daft punk yeah <laughs> I daft always think when I see them you must be sweating yeah yeah. <laughs> but yeah we've been doing that for 10 years yep. what's the club night called? it's called We Are Lizards yep that's we why I, I got the lizard mask um, and where is it? it's at a book club in Shoreditch uh, on Leonard Street and yeah 
Yeah, 10 years this year. And it pulls a tasty crowd, doesn't it? It really does. We've been really really blessed, haven't we? Because like you said, club nights generally have a lifespan of a couple of years and and we've had some amazing people come and and play records for us, haven't we? Yeah. Um, As well as Chris. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How many of us have had people ask to turn down the music? Just me. Put put your hand up. Stu, so many times, 10 minutes into his set, someone's come up and he's thought they're requesting a song. He's like, oh, good. They've got, could you turn it down, please, mate? That's that's up there with um, the, the greatest one I had was was probably about two years ago. And I was DJing at my place in Essex, and uh, and, and, and for those that uh, are listening, I'm 46, and uh, and this this young girl can't. She must have been sort of early 20s. And she came up to the DJ booth and she went, um, "Excuse me, are you Stuart Whiffin?" And I was like, ah, "Yes," <laughs> and I thought, "Still got it." She went. Um, you went to school with my mum. She said to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'll leave it. <laughs> Time for bed. <laughs> and off you go. So the club night is is something that's always been a glue yeah. for you three over the last 10 years. But you, you, you fall into different projects together. Drunk cast... I, I I was aware of Drunk Cast because when I was working up the idea for White Wine Question Time, I thought I need to research. Has yeah. anybody else done something like this not only had you done it you just go out and get plastered yeah we get really messy and that came from the club night really because we realised that on on the club night once a month at that point we just have such a laugh standing outside the club and such a laugh in the car on the way home and stuff like that and not and the focus for us was not on the actual the club night part of it it was on the hanging out just trimmings just catching up so we just see I'd kind of suggested we just get drunk in in the shed at the end of Stu's garden, the whiffing. Mm-hmm. He's built a little b- bar in there. The man cave. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was going to be, we thought it may be two, three hours. I think the first one was f- five hours or yeah, so. Five yeah. And yeah. again, we got really messy. But it's it's similar. You're coherent though. I've got to give it to you. Well, we were surprised because you'd established your podcast by then. It was already like a, a really successful yeah. podcast. And we was like, why do you want me and this idiot coming along yeah, spoiling you, it? You, it was well, like, I can't believe you put it out. Man. I mean, I'm a really little bit of truth is it started um, over Christmas because it's really hard to get guests in December, as you may <laughs> as, as, as you may know. So to be able to record five episodes at the end of my mate's garden was a real handy, handy treat. <laughs> Just got you through the festive period. But it did then get become like one of the most popular things that we do well, on the podcast. I mean, how so. quickly did you get to a million downloads? It was super quick, wasn't it? Yeah, quick. yeah. It was after the first few we got to turn a million downloads mm. on. That. That's and incredible. Yeah. It's 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 kind of a Trojan horse. It's it's in in, in the same way as white wine. A question time is on the surface. We're meeting up and we're getting drunk and it's a bit. We have a bit of a laugh, but we do always like not. To, it's it's really weird because we don't generally compliment each other or say nice things about each other. But I selected these two carefully because I know they're good people. So when we are drunk and then we get onto a subject like. Trans rights or yeah. different things like that, and you guys we, discuss everything. Yeah, and mm. we're going to have a good conversation. And the thing that occurred to me was there's a certain area of people who aren't going to go and read an article on on trans rights as an example or watch a documentary, but they will listen to three blokes who've got accents like us <laughs> in a shed getting drunk. <laughs> so if we can then say, you know, bring up how pointless it is to have all these rivalries or or, or get picky over how someone wants to be referred to it so it doesn't affect you it's there like it's, you shouldn't you're making a big deal out of something that in, there's a good chance will never affect you in your life and mm. have these kind of bigger discussions within all the messiness 
and it kind of yeah it worked nicely and we carefully dumb it right down as well don't we <laughs> yeah we, 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 pl- we plan every sentence don't we you don't want to dazzle it... people with that intellect that's do you? Exactly. I said I selected Chris carefully though. <laughs> we, we need don't to dumb it down people off. <laughs> but what I love about it is there is for me there is so much that I don't identify with from my own conversations with my girlfriends yeah. so I kind of applaud you for opening so many gateways to proper conversations I think you're completely right um Chris and I, this is all of a sudden thrown in heaviness, but Chris and I lost a friend of ours at a really early age, when we're all 21, to suicide. And that can really kind of make you realise how literally deadly it can be Mm. to be closed off from your friends, Mm. to not express. I've worked with calms since they started um, just over 10 years ago, and they really highlighted how it is an important thing. And it's what... As a as a fan of of listening to, to their podcast, hardcore listening, it's because I get to hear to, to my mates. Like if I'm away and b- busy a lot, it's beautiful to be able to plug in touch, to just two of your mates things. having a chat that and having a listen out. That's not how we hear it. No, what no. we hear is condescending messages <laughs> because <laughs> we've that? got because of our guesswork. He's like, yeah. I can't believe you said Ken Livingston when you meant Ben Kingsley. And <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty bad, point. isn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. quite <laughs> bad. He, he also was talking about it. And what I like with Chris <laughs> is when he gets these wrong, I let it roll for about a minute. Just till he digs deep enough. When he was talking about Amir Khan, the mayor of London, like Amir Khan. <laughs> the thing is, he's, it's weird because it's 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 uh, oh, uh, terrible. It's, terrible. it's, so it's literally so a London mayoral dyslexia because Ken Livingston <laughs> and Amir Khan. Again, it's, it seems to be a thing with mayors specifically that you just get wrong. What's he going to do with Boris? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just names. I'm always my mum's the worst at names, and she's called literally. What's real, your mum's name? Can you uh, remember? Just about, Mum. She she's calls she's calls real family drama because she's terrible with names. With like my brother and his first wife, then calling his new wife his first wife yeah. oh. repeatedly oh, on for years like a campaign, and it's not my mum trying to do it maliciously. And I'm the same. I've always jumbled names up. Chris comes to my house every Saturday, uh, and has done for maybe four years to record podcasts. And I've got the friendliest dog on the planet. Uh, my dog's name is Zavi. He is a, 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 a male dog. It's the prettiest dog. Here she is. What? Here <laughs> she is. She. What's her name? I'm like, Chris, it's a boy. <laughs> and the thing there is, ev- everyone knows that dogs are boys and cats are girls. So <laughs> it's, it's real simple. How can you mess this up? Fool. I'd love to say I was antagonising you with that, but I genuinely, genuinely, I say it and I'm like, I've done it again. <laughs> Okay, you ready for your first question? Yes, let's do it. Okay, Pip, this was inspired by you. Uh, you quit your radio show at XFM, which had won a Sony mm. because it was so good, to launch distraction pieces. Um, and that was really before podcasts were even much of a thing here in the UK. And you did it upon the advice of Joe Rogan, who has the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. So my question to you all is, what other pieces of great advice have completely changed your lives? Oh, wow. I think the, the, the first one that comes to mind that I've used throughout my career a lot and I used to say it to you all the time was yeah. just I heard I think it was either it was either I think it was Seinfeld who I read in an interview it just said if you've got something to, to, to fall back on then you're more likely to fall back so That's a great I've kind of done wisdom. that repeatedly when I quit my job in a record store to do music it was because I don't want to do music on the side I want to be 100% in music so that it has to succeed. I don't come from a, a wealthy f- family, so 
I gave myself a year. I'd saved up enough for a year to do music. I was like, it's got to succeed. There isn't an option of, of not succeeding. And that was the same on quitting the, the radio show to do the podcast, on stopping touring and doing m- music to, to do acting. All of these things, it's all been when something's going well, going, right, I'm going to stop that now so that that's not my crutch. Do you know what I mean? If that's I, if, if I want to dip pin. into acting, but no, oh, I can tour and make money and so on and so forth. It's like, I'm not going to get good at acting. I'm going to have it as a side thing. Whereas if I stop, then that's 100% of it and but I let, can make let's it. Let's talk a little bit about the acting then because like, you, you go, okay, I'm going to do acting. Right? And you go in and you star alongside flipping Tom Hardy. Yeah, I in a massive, out. Is it BBC drama, yeah, Taboo? Yeah, Taboo, yeah. And, You're brilliant in it, by the and way. And again, what was great was working, I clicked with Tom Hardy and S- Stephen Graham who are two of the people who I've got all of their DVDs on my DVD He's wall. amazing so, as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and they both just really took me under their wing and helped me and guided me and yeah, kind of, it feels like they're coaching me along in this weird career change so yeah so really Jerry Seinfeld and Joe Rogan I mean you've, you've taken advice from some pretty top cats some there. big names and both beginning with J I wonder if that means anything no <laughs> no okay on, on, on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, I hear the sense in what you're saying sometimes a plan B is too much of a safety net it'll yeah, always absolutely. remain a plan B yeah, yeah. It, it'll always never sit looked there at it like option. that that's a really interesting way to frame it mm. yeah there's a lots of broke people out there who's followed that advice. They're, yeah. they're, they're homeless. They haven't got a shirt on their back. And they're like, oh, man. I've not exactly pushed any of my... So that worked for me, but I don't know how. But read um, the T's and C's. It's inexplicable. So, Stu, what about you? What's, what's a life-changing piece of advice? This, this is quite cheesy, but I was watching the Smash It's Poll Winners Poll Party. Now you're talking my language, wow. Stu. And Nana Cherry won something. <sighs> Probably, was it what was it? Buffalo Stance or Manchild? It, it would have been probably for the album Royal Art Sushi. And great album. And I think Nana Cherry switched on. You know, I think she'd she's my dream podcast guest, Nana Cherry. <sighs> and she just literally said, "Life's what you make it. <laughs> make it better." And I just felt that's pretty decent. Yeah, <laughs> <sense. laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah. And and I kind of I've always looked at things as as trying to sort of write a book so I just think if you do the same thing for your whole life I don't think it's going to be it's one chapter it's going to be one chapter so try and put it in chapters and if you have to do something like kind of what Pip said stop something and do something else because you know it could, it could get interesting you know you don't know where it's going to go and that's kind of something that I've always done and that, that comes from having I think that you know, like Pip as well, a good work ethic as well, and and be prepared to kind of throw yourself at stuff, but work your nuts off to do it. Yeah, and I think graft should sit in the heart of everything yeah, that you yeah. do. I again, my problem at times is you like is I don't necessarily think things through before I decide I'm doing it, and this was the case with the music career. I'd quit my job, I'd made an album, and I was going to go and play on, on street corners and do whatever I could. I hadn't re- I hadn't thought about the fact at that point. I'd never played live at all, and <laughs> and, and, and Chris Chris came along with me, living in my space cruiser for like a month or whatever, just playing on street corners like outside other people's gigs. And we got to the first one, and because Chris was there, I couldn't b- backtrack. Like I would, like mm. we got there, and he was like, "You're going to start then. then?" I was like. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. The uh, just trying to <laughs> find excuse. I think if I'd been on my own, I would have just gone. 
Right, I'm going home now. There, you looked a little it. less. You did look a bit non-committal. I hadn't thought about start. it. I hadn't <laughs> thought. No, I hadn't so thought about it until we got there. But because <laughs> there was a mate there on to go. <laughs> go on there, mate. So, Chris, what was the advice that that, that changed your life? Uh, from a, uh, it's a popular philosopher um, from Love Island <laughs> a few weeks ago. Go on. So I really don't watch it. I'm going to say that, but I occasionally dip but in I and out of it. it. I, I enjoy like, I enjoy bits and pieces of all, all television. And uh, my girlfriend was watching it, and it was uh, I believe it was Tom, Tommy Tommy Fury. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, um, "You um, you've got a gut for a reason." You've got a gut instinct for a reason, so you should use it. And I just thought, wow. <laughs> it blew my mind. I was sitting yeah. there saying, that's really quite like, uh, <laughs> I've just had like an, a, a eureka moment with that. I've had an epiphany because a lot of the time when I have gut instinct, I'll try and break it down and make a, a, a logical answer as to why I shouldn't pay attention to it. And so many times that's not served me well. Yeah. I've, I've overthought something. And my gut was right. Yeah. And listening to Tommy Fury say like that, well, it's there for a reason, right? She should use yeah. it. And I thought, oh, man, yeah, it's kind of quite but true. See, sometimes people confuse gut instincts for fear or anxiety. Yeah. And actually, sometimes what they are is just a massive flag that's been raised going, don't do that. Yeah. Or think about this. And you're right. The number of times I've buried that thinking, well, oh, no, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. And then you go, oh, shit. And it can yeah. be because you can't articulate the reason why that's a bad idea or a good idea. Yet your subconscious can. And it could yeah. be because it's seen five or six events that you can't consciously remember. Yep. But your subconscious can. So yeah. your gut is saying there's something up here, but you can't pull to your mm. conscious why yeah. that's a bad idea. Do you think sometimes though, we're just too busy to sit down and analyse it? And actually sometimes we should just go, okay, pause, gut instinct. Right, let's just let's have a moment with this. Let's break it down. 100%. But I mean, I'd also say not lines of advice, but I think it's really important to not... to. to to, 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 to take inspiration from the people around you and your day-to-day life and things like that and see see in them what you would like more of in you, yeah. if that makes sense. I, I've always hated the kind of... The, it's, it became a thing for years of the kind of, oh, you've changed. It's like, you should be changing. You That's a good evolve. thing. And just going around there, like Chris was always... I remember Chris and my mate, another Stu, were always two people who from really early on, and I wasn't this guy at all, from really early on, wherever we went, they were going to have a good, a good night and a good time. It didn't. It wasn't like oh, we're going to this good place or this bad place. It's like we're going to be there. Let's make it enjoyable. Yeah. And I didn't have that. I was the oh, what kind of music are they going to be playing? Oh, what kind of is it? Is it a cool club? Is it this club or that club? <laughs> and getting caught up in the ins and outs. Where it's like if we're going, we're going. Just make. And that was something yeah, to learn from just as, 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 as some mates and finding those things in all your different mates. It's like right, that's. I wish I had more of that. And then go, oh, I'll have more of that then. I'll just, I'll do more of that. It's not, it can be a conscious choice. The master positivity is Pip. Like there's not, there's Ah, not, the the reason why he is successful and irritating to be around a lot (laughs) is because he can't, you can't bring him down. Give him one hand, taking in the other. (laughs) You can't, you can't bring him really down. You've really got to work to shit in his soul. You know, it's not something you can do quite easy. And and so anything would become an opportunity. And if there's a problem or a guest would fall, fall through for him or any other sort of like business thing that we're working on. There's a, that's okay because we can do this now yeah. and yeah. it's it it's so true new if, opportunity to do this you've just got to change the frame right yeah. sometimes yeah. you've just got to put through a different lens yeah I, for me the, the one thing that I was held on to and I loved her uh, was Audrey Hepburn said and it, it's a really 
fantastic way to look at how you read a word. She said, there's no such thing as impossible. When you break it down, it says, I'm possible. Yeah. And that's so true. It's so simple, isn't it? It's so simple. You know, just break it up, stick an apostrophe in it, it becomes something else entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's all about the framing, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's fascinating. I believe I've just quoted Audrey Hepburn. It's good. Yeah. Okay. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, question two, gentlemen. Your glasses are full. Uh, Let's see if you can get your heads around this one. I I would consider you all to be innovators in your field. So what I'd like to know from you is what you think is the greatest invention of all time and why. Wow. What a question. Is that a good one? Yeah. Um, I recently purchased a soap aerator. What? All right, go on. Exactly. Tell me more. Um, I've decided, Stu inspired me in a way that made me feel terrible the other day because we were talking about aftershaves and Stu went, well, I only go, I only get like um, ones that are sort of cosmetically approved, not tested on animals. And I thought, I've not thought about that. And I thought that they all probably aren't. But I thought, God, my, my, my purchases these days on, on like um, clip, cleaning products and smelly products are probably, probably not products. that... <laughs> That's really done down then. And I decided to stop using shower gel. So recently um, I've, I've moved, switched back to soap. Good boy. And, um, and then I discovered that there's things called soap aerators, which keep your soap 
drier when you put them down. They dry quicker, so they last longer. And that's how exciting my life is these yeah, days. Right, that's well, that, that's okay. I mean, it's not penicillin or electricity, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's close. <laughs> it's, it's environmental. Top that. It's, yeah, is is that? I was no, literally going to ask: Is that a soap dish? That's yeah. just a yeah, soap yeah, dish, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's well, it's a soap sponge. A soap it goes sponge. in the soap dish. That's right. shit. It's not yeah, even a bar of soap. <laughs> no, it's not even the soap. It's what he's putting the soap on. Oh, yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah. that's rubbish. The soap what? is very much tested on animals. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. the sponge he's putting <laughs> it on is <laughs> clean as a whistle. I do that myself. That's been whipped from some <laughs> yeah. rare, rare coral reef somewhere. No, that's. I'm Chris. joking. I'm messing. Obviously. You're not. It's not. He that thinks that Amir Khan. You were going to roll with that. No, of course was. not. I, I, you I, totally was. From the man that thought Amir Khan was the mayor of London, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd give you and, the soap dish. And Ken Livingston was fantastic in Sexy Beast. Um, <laughs> that's just hardcore listing highlights right there. And Gandhi. I'd, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, Sublime in this. Uh, my genuine answer that comes to mind, I did. Photography at uni, which again, I was at uni in Wolverhampton and Chris was at uni in Birmingham. So that was where I think that's where we became closer friends, really, because at college we were had some mutual mates, but we were sort of like really, friends, yeah. I'd say. Then. At uni, we got an upgrade. Um, but genuinely, on that, it, I always looked like an idiot in class, and I like even more so now. F- photography still blows me away. Does I genuinely it? think that we. I think it's really important at times to not lose the excitement of childhood and children because it's it's mad. Like we're this is a real thing that's happening, and then we grab a bit of it, yeah, and it's stored and it's there forever. And we've grabbed that. That's happened. It's gone, but it's capturing moments. It's stored, yeah, and it's it's mind blowing. But more so, I mean, I guess I don't understand the digital one. So it was more excitement of how it's you're literally exposing light on a bit of film, and that again, it's mind blowing because it's light bouncing off a real moment and i know it all sounds stupid particularly as we've all got cameras on our phones now and instagram filters and everything else but genuinely that act of being able to just yeah grab moments in time is genuinely think we don't appreciate it as much as you're we maybe probably should. right but we don't no. actually because it's so common and normal now but it's it's literally it's mind-blowing that was a real thing <laughs> what would be the one photograph that you would hang on your wall um i've got i've got two that that come to mind and they're both Photos my dad took. They are of me, but we, they're photos my dad took. In fact, I'll add a third. That was it, a photo that Chris really? took. Is it really? Yeah, I know what one you're yeah, going to Yeah, we'll go about. on to that yeah. next. Um, but no, <laughs> and my dad took two photos because, again, I've got a terrible memory for my child. And I think that's another thing that we do. Our memories are actually our photos. Yeah. Like, like a lot of my memories of childhood, I don't actually remember them. I've just seen the photo album. And there's one that was me right. on holiday in France. And I had a tiny little cake. And there's... Um, a one candle in it and that was this is all now going to sound heavy but that was the holiday that I almost drowned and it's where I got my start dead on cue there did you see that it was like it it knew the story was coming Um, and yeah I almost drowned on that holiday and it's seemingly where my stutter came from because it's often assumed to be from a traumatic experience post-traumatic stress isn't it yeah so it was but there's just this picture my dad took and it's me looking happy as anything because I've got a cake and a candle in it. And then there's an, another one of me and my brother. And it's, again, my, oh, wow. my, my dad was going through this period of, of wanting to be a photographer. And it's so cheesy, but it's two photos he took of us blowing the, uh, what's the one, the, the flowers that are the little, the white dandelions. bit. Dandelions. Dandelions, yeah. And it's us blowing that as little kids. And ah. again, my brother is really important to me. There was a long period when we were teens where we hated each other and didn't get on at all. So it's kind of beautiful to, to look at that period i don't remember as such that yeah. that we were just and to be able to romanticize it yeah completely 100 yeah 
Interesting so, yeah. that, that 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 picture of you with that cake. You remember that holiday, but I bet that's not what you remember from that holiday because that will probably always oh, that's what's symbolise when your your stutter starts. That's what's interesting because it is is what I remembered. I at about thirteen or fourteen, I had hypnosis to try and get to the bottom of why I've got a stutter, and I'd forgotten that that had happened. I didn't know I'd almost <laughs> died because my parents quite rightfully downplayed it massively to try and keep me calm. My dad rushed into the sea and got me because I was we were. I walked along a quiet beach and a wave swept up and took me out to sea. My dad noticed and rushed in and got me. And all I remembered was him saying, oh, I've ruined my trainers. Because they were purposely trying to downplay it because they didn't want me to be panicking. Yeah, that's kind of the things I remember from that holiday. So it wasn't until I had this hypnosis that I learnt that that was the, that a recurring dream I'd had where a witch is coming up the stairs and I can't scream. This, this hypnotherapist theorises that that was me trying to scream to my parents and the waves going in my mouth because oh. I was trying to scream out to get their attention and waves were going in my mouth. And that stuff, I'd genuinely forgotten that. I remember the trainers, I remember my cake, and I remember on the campsite, it was like a key camp thing in in the, the south of France. I remember there was a kid who was mine and my brother's best friend and genuinely it wasn't until years later I'd realised he'd given us a fake name. But as far as we knew, his name was <laughs> Bum Bum. <laughs> <laughs> Hundred percent believe that as a child, we're like, oh, we met this kid called Bum Bum. He was great. <laughs> Literally in my teens, I'm like, I don't think that was his real name, guys. <laughs> I think Bum Bum might have chosen that name for himself. I think he might have been a Nigel. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like Scroobius Pip. I almost went with Bum Bum instead of Scroobius Pip. Like, You're going to name yourself, damn. But it's amazing, isn't it, how um, we bury difficult memories mm. and we put a, an, another storyline over the top of it. Yeah. But sometimes we do that as a self-prevention. It can be important. One of the things I worry about a lot in the kind of new social media age where everyone is telling people how they should react and stuff, I think, I don't want to say victims, survivors of traumas are told how they're meant to react, are told that they're meant to be broken by or they're meant Mm -hmm. to be crushed. And sometimes that's not... It, every individual has a different way of coping with these things. And I'm not saying you should hold these things down, but for some people you might have to for a certain amount of time and that might be what's best f- for you. And it's it's really weird with so much of the social media stuff where, yeah, you there's been a lot of things where people are, are realising now that they were a victim of something a long time ago. And that's fine because they've been able to get on with their life and not be affected yeah. by it. And that can be really important. That can be really you know? positive that you can you can get on with life in spite of that and then when you're maybe more ready it might be 20 years later that you look at something and you're okay to deal with it then everyone's different it can be too big an issue for you at the time to to unstick and sometimes you might not even know that it even happened so you you went to therapy we mentioned like our friend dying um i didn't know like I, i cried i felt i managed it reasonably well given the circumstances and five or six years later I was depressed, miserable, really didn't like myself. Um, she would probably say, you shouldn't like yourself. Um, and I, I ended up I going to... say, none of us liked you then. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like you, Chris. Uh, you, um, you don't know me well enough yet. Okay, <laughs> That's true, me. yeah. I'll antagonise <laughs> you. And, and, and I went to a hypnotherapist, and when she explained different things, she said, you know, you, you, your psyche can be like a deck of cards. And certain events happen, and it might be half things that people say to you. You might not even be aware that you was in on that conversation or you observed that thing and your brain took a mental note of it. Subconscious. Subconsciously. And then your personality starts building around that event. And we went, I went through hypnotherapy. I found, well, she found the event. I did not expect to see it where it was. And 
The event being the loss of your friend. Well, it wasn't. It was. It was that obviously he passed on. It was that when I um, I phoned him. It was his birthday. It was his twenty first, and I phoned his house. This is back when phone, mobile phones weren't that great. Phoned his house, and his dad said he's taking his life, and I just dropped to the floor in the in in my uh, flat in university, and I just I just broke down. But what I hadn't realised is when that happened, my subconscious, a friend of mine was in the room and a friend of mine was watching me have this breakdown. And my subconscious made a mental note of what, how they were looking at me. And my subconscious decided that that was an over... Uh, he was thinking I was overreacting. And therefore, my subconscious decided that I wasn't a nice person and I wasn't a good friend. Wow. How crazy is that? And when the when but the, that is a that's a snapshot moment, right? Exactly. And that, that went on to inform how much of your life? Yeah, for four or five years, how crazy yeah, built is that? and built and built. And then when the the the, the, um, the hypnotherapist said, "Are you sure that's what he meant when he looked at you?" I'm like, "Well, obviously, I, I don't know what he meant." She, and she was like, well, "Well, exactly." And it was like pulling that one card out of that deck, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, right." And I started to feel a lot happier and growth happened as a result. But do you think if you'd looked at that before that that point in your life, you would have been ready to unpack all of that stuff Possibly and make not. sense of it? No, yeah, it's, no it's interesting, way. isn't it? It's interesting. Um, Stu, greatest inventions? I'm going to go for the Walkman. It got all heavy there, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to throw some <laughs> some ridiculousness in. Perfect. And uh, and it was the Walkman. Are we talking cassette or CD? Cassette. Uh, and the reason being is um, I was the annoying kid um, in the 80s that hated going in. So everyone had a Commodore 64 or a Spectrum and everyone wanted to go in and play computer games. And I was like, mate, I don't want to go in. And <laughs> the only thing I liked about being indoors was playing my records. Mm. And so when the Walkman come out, I didn't ever have to be in because I could listen to my records when I was out. Yeah. And I think that Walkman was the thing that turned me on to music in a big way because I took it everywhere. That red Walkman, all I would do with my pocket money was buy batteries, batteries and blank tapes. <laughs> and, and, just, and make your own mixtapes. And do my own mixtapes. Play and record. And, and, and I guess that probably led me into being a DJ and stuff like that. And music's been key in everything I've ever done since. And so I think that all stems from being able to take my music with me. It's interesting that that, that journey you make as a child of, you know, born in the 70s. We were born in the same year, yeah. you and I, Stu. And then you get the home stereo, right? And you're like, OMG, oh, look man. at the size of this beast. It's got, a, it's got a wooden side. There's a double tape deck. You get really excited by it. But then there's the, well, you turn that down. You yeah. can't listen to that now. We're trying to watch, you know, nationwide. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then suddenly there's headphones. And you yeah. go, I can lie next to the home stereo and listen to music. This is cool. Yeah. And then the Walkman comes along and it's a game changer. Yeah. And then the CD. I was going to yeah. say, and then the Discman comes along and it's a little bit backwards because yep. you're having to carry it perfectly flat yeah, um, as you're walking device. along the streets carrying it or sitting in the car and just lifting it up a little bit because you don't want it yeah. to to jumble just holding it floating it in the air it's like is this convenient is this convenient is this more convenient this, doesn't, see, this doesn't feel more uh, convenient it's not convenient no because it, it was I've now got my hands full yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like practically walking through life like a waiter yeah, yeah. Uh, with a very delicate load yeah. I can't defend myself but listening I think you're right. to a Walkman the cassette Walkman was genius because you could you know Know, and we've discussed this, Joe. The passion of playing record, yeah. recording oh, off the radio. Wow. Yeah, uh, you know, I used to dart in from wherever I was playing with my mates on the estate. Whenever the top forty came on on a Sunday, Bruno Brooks. I was like, right. My mission was playing record, 
cut Bruno out. Yeah. And then I've got my own mixtape for the week. Yeah. And I can learn all the songs, all the words for the week. And I'm going to be the pop queen of this here estate. Love it. And that was my life. And the, the smash hits lyrics would yep. go up on the wall for that week and then carefully blue tack so they could come down and be replaced the following week. And that was my love affair with music. What more do you want out of life? Um, <sighs> Our I'm kids a... don't have that now. They're watching <laughs> no. people play video games on YouTube and I'm like, yep. you don't know what you're missing. I remember doing my paper round the week Ebenezer Good was number one. Oh, and I'd, I'd Mr. Off the radio and I'd Because I'd tape it, but I'd wait. I, w- I wouldn't skip things out because I just want to record it and then I'd wait until I'm on my paper round to hear it. So I wouldn't know. So I'd genuinely be getting the, <laughs> the countdown. Thrill. And that was another one. I was like, oh, this, is, this feels so naughty. I didn't know why it was naughty. I just heard that they'd been, they were questioning if it was allowed to and, be in the charts. Yeah. Didn't get any of the references, but I was no, like, oh, it's naughty. I got my it's well naughty. But you will also remember when Frankie Goes to Hollywood released Relax, yeah. right? And then the, and I was like, and then I remember Mike Reed having an issue with it on mm. Radio 1. He was like, this is terrible. I was like, Why? Relax, don't do it if you want to get to it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. What's your problem? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right? yeah. Come on. Just relax, Mike. Come where? Come where, Mike? Yeah. Come on, Mike. I got my dad Chill. to take me to a working men's club in Tilbury because they had it on the jukebox and they wouldn't play on the radio. So he took me down there and I remember putting 5p wow. in so I could hear relax. And oh, I was like, wow. that's a scene in a movie right and there. And I was like, yeah. what's the fuss about? Like, yeah. Sex. Like, yeah. But also, George it. Michael released smi- I Want Your Sex and nobody would play the video. He was smiling all the way home on the back of the penny farthing. <laughs> 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 Beautiful, beaming. But our kids don't get that. And also, there was that thrill, like yeah. you were saying, of when the top 40 came on, you'd go, oh, right, shh, shh, shh. everyone, we're in the top 10 now. Yeah. Where's everyone going to be? Yeah. And then you get to the top three and they go, and in at number three this yeah. week, you'd be like, oh. And then they say, "You go. They could be number one. This could. This could yeah. be a game changer. Or are they still there?" And it was. It was a piece of musical theatre that you live for every week. had a drunk cast recently so this for us Kate is a great opportunity I'm bringing it back yeah bring yeah. it back yeah it's a bit of old school right here Returning. okay question number three it, it harks back to your HMV days yes so Pip as a young man you, you, you quit your job and you'd saved up and I thought this was quite responsible of you you saved yeah. up enough money to not work for a year and kind of motored around the country in a Toyota space cruiser, which you yes. also lived in. Yeah. So some some might say that you had made yourself, I don't know, homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Got a kind of again. I'm lucky. I I had a room at my mum's house. If you, you know needed what I mean. It. So there, yeah. I, I never like to overegg any of that because that's there's people in far worse situations. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. but you chose to kind of take the road for a year and and see what else was out there for you. You wanted yeah. to start a career as a musician. So I wanted to know if at this point in your life now. You could take off for a year and quit all adult responsibilities. What vehicle would it be in? Where would you go? What would you do? Um, well, I mean, one of my biggest fantasies is just walking away from all social media and stuff like that. Like in general, really? like you know, people have say they have like. I think it's a really positive thing to plan your your funeral songs and stuff like that because I think yeah. death shouldn't be a taboo I think it's a fun game to play here's the songs I want blah blah well it's an inevitability right yeah, it's exactly we're literally death it's gonna happen taxes yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna happen to all of us and everyone we have ever loved so it's a nice cheery part of the podcast absolutely um, cheers Pip. But, but, <laughs> but no I've genuinely I've always got a planned 
this is going to be my last tweet, my last Facebook post and all that kind of thing. And again, I love the idea of just walking away from all of it and disappearing into the woods somewhere and just having just that escape from... So really, so you would just like to go off grid? Just of everything. Because again, I mean, as these guys all know, I'm kind of a workaholic and I'm trying yeah. to change that, that, that a lot. I had a guy called Rutger Bregman, Bregman on my podcast who's got an amazing book called Utopia for Realists and he talks about a lot of stuff of how society has changed in the wrong ways. Like We seem to see how many hours we can get out every day and we guilt ourselves if we don't work extra hours, particularly if you're self-employed and self-motivated. And also there's a horrible badge of honour of being the first in and the last out. Yeah, in terms I work of the hardest yeah. and I've been the worst for that for years. I will always be. I'm constantly working and... It'll a be hobby a, will become work for you as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's... Oh, really? it, it, yeah. It, yeah, it yeah, can be yeah. a real constant thing, so that becomes the kind of dr- of dream of like just I'll go, I'll disappear and have some some time off. It's that stupid thing. Apparently, it's a really common one. And I had this like like when I worked in sh- shops and stuff. It's a really common fantasy of this is so bleak, but it's genuinely it's something like fifty percent of people in the UK have admitted to this fantasizing of getting some kind of injury that means they're going to be in hospital and be forced to not be at work for a week to not do anything I for a week I think there's times I could have identified with that what about you guys where you think yeah actually just, 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 I just want to hit pause problem. and stop yeah that's crazy yeah, no? it's dark isn't it I've, I've definitely felt that but for me as I said it's, it's more not that now. I want to injure myself but I yeah. just want to stop for me it's more now it's, it's that I love the idea of just going right let's it's not, this is going to sound so weird and, and hippie and stuff like that, but I was watching a show at The Fringe by a guy called Rob Alton, and he's got a show called The Time Show, and it's all about time and clocks and things like that. And he kind of points out that time only is relevant because of all the other people around us, and we have to organise things and plan things. And it's just that just it played into my thought of what a beautiful life to have a week where you don't know what time it is because you don't need to. Because you've not got an appointment to get to. You've not got a TV show that you have to watch at a certain time. You've not got any of these things. You've no just schedule. got that freedom. Yeah, time then becomes a work of fiction. You've just got existing and being. And, uh, yeah, and present. And that sounds all hippie and whatnot. But again, No, I, I think, think that, sounds, the, that sounds like the ultimate holiday from yeah, your head. Yeah, 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 completely. Yeah, it's that kind of that. So you'd go off everything. grid. What would you, you said you'd go into the woods. What would you just, you, you would just go and literally tune out of the modern world for a while? Yeah, I think so. I think, again, I, 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 you'd be surprised how much I think about this. Um, as uh, Where I, originally I thought I'd probably have Netflix or something. So, so I can enjoy that kind of thing. But then because of this thing that Rob Alton said, I was like, right now I wouldn't want clocks. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'd, I might have some, some box sets. Oh, oh, when I went away to, to, to write a little while ago, I kind of did this. It was, I was in Europe, but I didn't turn on the roaming so people couldn't contact me unless I was on Wi-Fi. And I didn't have Sky or anything there. So the only things I took were a, a box set of amazing f- French films. Again, I'm making myself so sound so pretentious, but these amazing French <laughs> films. So the only time I was consuming anything, it was really amazing quality and it was beautiful and it was a work of art i wasn't watching those things that were just i'll stick this on because it'll chew an hour yeah up. and it will it will kill time so and that was i only had time to do that for four days and i was writing but i got so much done and felt mm. so liberated um, liberated and 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 cleansed because mm. i wasn't just going here's another thing that i'm just churning through while i'm looking at my phone mm. and fearing the slight m- moment of being w- with my own th- thoughts as such if you know what i mean so yeah yeah, so I'd find some woods somewhere, a cabin. You'd want to have a be able to have a Domino's delivered, though, right? Yeah, ideally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know mean, what you're like. Takeaway would be. I handy. got lost in the romance of you then, and he's just 
brought it right back. Take away. I, I mean, know him well. I know that he'd mate, want to be able to get Dominoes mate, delivered. Deliveries, mate, right? Mate, yeah. I'm happy to drive and collect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to break my little circle, my fortress of solitude. Yeah, but when they say it'll I be ready, out. they'll say it'll be ready in 20 minutes. You're like, no, time frames. Yeah, exactly. Again, it would be tough. I would have to. I'm happy taking my own food, mate. I can live outside of uh, t- t- takeaway for a bit. Nonsense. Absolutely not. You, you'll go into a wood that's a mile away from a Domino's. And that's it. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be Part of this has come about because the, they were all furious with me on one of the hardcore listings, I think it was, or on a drunk cast, because we were talking about um, death row meals. Oh, and yeah. my death row meal happens to all be available from Pizza Hut, which all, <laughs> all courses, which just, no. which just means I'm living my dream. Garlic bread with cheese, of course. It's the best. Uh, main course? Uh, a stuffed crust pizza. Main topping? With just cheese and ham, because I think you should go the, the, the bare oh, chili, chili oil? No, 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 I'm fine, oh, thanks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> cho- chocolate fudge cake as a as a as, as no, a but Ben and Jerry's full tub. Wow. So again, but that just I mean, you're ready I, the, to die with a bill that's less than twenty quid. But that just means that I get to live my dream meal constantly, right? That's got to be a good thing, or not yeah. constantly. I, I'm getting older now. There's I have that to keep an eye on that waistline. But, that, yeah. <laughs> See, the right. he's not even got anywhere near the all-you-can-eat salad bar. <laughs> yeah. So, Stu, where are you going to go for a year if you can quit all your adult responsibilities? And what car's going to take you there? It's really weird you say this, Kate, because was I not saying to you earlier? that I've been shopping for campers for the last three weeks. Yes. Campers. Yeah. Um, BW? Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not too fussed. I want, I, I want something that is enough space for my family so we can just go. But, yeah, I, w- I would... So you're taking the family? To yeah. a proper American-style kind of... Winnebago those things style. called yeah oh, Winnebago no, 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 no not at all like, oh, um, if, if I could I would I would have a Winnebago without a shadow of a doubt you can have anything you want oh right yeah budget's not an issue go Winnebago um, and I would go to I would either go to the cenotes in Mexico mm-hmm. and swim in those um, or I would just go to either Brecon or Scotland and just swim in the lakes and rivers. Oh, if you it turn is. up at the at the woods I'm hiding in, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> Unless you got Just a Domino's. <laughs> Stu's here in his Winnebago. He's got garlic bread with cheese and then you're in. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Ben and Jerry's in the fridge of his Winnebago. Here he is in his Winnebago and his Speedos. Get out. Well, we, we Chris and speedos. I, a couple of years ago, Chris and I, because I, I, we, well, I love wild swimming, so I go and swim in lakes uh, as often as I can. I was saying I haven't done it for, it was two Yours. years last week, yeah, we haven't yep. done it. Uh, years ago, I just took, Oh, we're in Are your kids into wild swimming? Have you converted them yet? Well, we, do they just we, think we it's went cold to, wet? We, we went camping years ago, and I tried to convince everyone in the family that let's go camping. And my wife was like, "I don't want to go camping." And I was like, "Come on!" And so we went to the Cotswolds. This is your wife, Carol, the massive Bross fan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we went um, swimming, like swimming in the lakes in the Cotswolds, and it was just—it sounds again like Pippi. It sounds hippie, but. To, to, you know, you spend all your life when you get to these nice places walking along the side of these lakes and rivers, looking at them. But when you're in them, looking back out, it's something completely different, and it's incredible, and it feels amazing. And I've done that, and then I come out of there, and I was like, right, I want to find out about this wild swimming stuff I've heard about. And then we made some little documentaries where we was going and trying to do as many as we can in like a weekend, and we go to Wales and Scotland. And then we went to Scotland last year, and I was saying to my, my daughter, like my, my youngest daughter, I said, do you want to do some wild swimming? And she was like, yeah. I said, shall we swim in Loch Ness? 
Shall we go? And um, I made the mistake of going to the Loch Ness Museum beforehand, which was all about <laughs> the shit that was in there and, 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 and the monsters and stuff. But bless her. <laughs> bless her. She put a little wetsuit on and she came in with me. Just about jumping in a lake. It's about using what nature has put in your path, isn't Simple it? Simple as that. I've literally mm. laid on my back in the middle of Lake Coniston in the Lake District, surrounded by mountains, just paddling around on my back, just blown away at how majestic the area is. And then just get out, have a little whiskey, and uh, mm. and it's just beautiful. And the silence and of of and the sound of nature is just it's mind blowing in those uh, uh, situations. In those moments, you, yeah. you, you may think beforehand, oh, what if there's some animals in there or whatever? It's like, yeah, there are. Because they live here too. It's fine. Like when you're actually in there, it's like, yeah, of course they are. It's fine. They're not bothered. I'm not bothered. No. It's all this beautiful. Yeah. And the best thing, no phone signal. Yeah. yeah. So no one can, no emails. So it's so important, isn't it, sometimes for us to disconnect. We talk yeah. about how the importance of connecting all the time, but mm. actually sometimes just taking all those plugs out and just being... Totally. Anxiety is growing um, and growing, and it is because we're contact connected to absolutely everything. Mm. So you're seeing all the time what you're right that moment missing out on. And when you're doing wild swimming and whatnot, we walked for about 90 minutes to go up a mountain to sit in a lake that was the, the water was it was like a black mirror mm. and it was just the most you, you're so present in that moment aren't you and all the stress is just Washing leaving you, you and you're freezing cold but, but it's sometimes awesome. that's good as oh, well yeah, right because it makes you feel alive oh, it sharpens you yeah. you've never felt better than when you get out of one of them lakes or rivers you no. feel completely incredible I, I had I had massive pressure on when I went to the the Blue Lagoon for about a, a year but because I had a guy called Wim Hof on the podcast and he does this breathing thing about you have cold showers every morning and it's amazing for your 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 body and your immune Circulation, system and everything. Yeah. yeah. And I'd been and and you controlled it through a breathing technique. So I'd been having cold showers every morning for about a year and I I love it. It's it's so it wakes you up so much and it's so positive. It makes you feel great as soon as you come out. But that means because I've been banging on about that on the podcast and more so to my long-suffering partner at the time, we get to this place and I'm like, I have to just get in there and not be bothered and it's going to be cold. And I only had my trunks with me and I was like, right. Oh, no, you need a wetsuit. Yeah, I didn't have a wetsuit, but it, it was fine. I, I was pleased because, again, the breathing techniques, I don't know how much of it is mind over matter and how much of it is that he, he Wim will explain the science behind it all. I think a lot of it is psychological, but... It was all right in the end, but before we, I was going, I was like, man, I literally can't go <laughs> or give any reaction because I've been bigging up so much. I have my cold showers every morning. It's fine. But again, as soon as I was in there, it was beautiful and I swam about for ages. That's the fundamental difference between Pip and Chris and I. So he's approaching these wild swims thinking about the science of it and his breathing technique because <laughs> it might be cold. And, and all I was, I was saying to Chris was, as soon as you get your wetsuit, in the minute it gets cold, just have a wee. It warms you up for a bit. Because <laughs> that lake that we I was just talking about, we filmed a video of me just pissing myself, right? <laughs> but <laughs> like it does warm you up. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a great survival It, it really sums up the difference I've spent a year learning breathing techniques to, <laughs> to improve my immune system a cold Christmas showers to turn up and piss themselves <laughs> <laughs> this literally that really sums up our, our, our friendship Brilliant. unique selling point of the drunk cast right there <laughs> yeah. so, so Chris where where are you going on your year off oh. and, and what car are you in and what are you going to do yourself um, I'd go into the mountains probably 
Where, I think so. Um, my favourite place to go. And we're literally all going to bump into each other. I'm going to be in the I woods hope. in the mountains. He's going to yeah, turn up at yeah, a lake in yeah, the mountains. Yeah, you can be at the base. You're practical lumberjacks, <laughs> yeah, a lot of you. Yeah. Let's just go together, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll record a hell of a podcast. <laughs> we're just making an excuse to escape all our responsibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Stu will always take the piss out of me for being a rad dude and snowboarding. <laughs> and um, I didn't discover that until I was like 27. And a big part of it isn't the snowboarding itself, it's the finding yourself on top of a mountain just surrounded by these just gigantic things that are doing nothing and it's just insanely humbling mm. and I think when you go to the sort of ta- like all the snowboarding villages they, they, they can be quite lively but it can be simpler in, in terms of what their life is a lot of the people who work there they'll work on the mountain or a restaurant and then the time where they're not actually working they'll go skiing or snowboarding and that's their life because it's so amazing it's so mm. relaxed and it's so simple really simple actually it's doing something you love and committing to that and nothing else really isn't it you don't need mm. to complicate things keep it simple Kate interesting isn't it that we all work in a business that's wrapped in technology and mm. communication but but all three of you have chosen to just go and disconnect from all of that and just be at one with nature be humbled by the surroundings and the simplicity of uh, of simple simple pleasures yeah, yeah. It's been a real pleasure to meet you. I've so it's enjoyed great. eavesdropping on your friendship. And um, and I hope that tonight, you know, we can leave here and I can count you as friends online. Yes, so thank you so much. Thank you for having us along. And and yes, please do check out Pod Bible. It, it's, it's all you need to know about this, this crazy, lovely landscape of spoken word. Listen to distraction pieces. There's Off the Beaten Track with Stu Whiffin. I've done that as a guest. It's a beautiful musical journey through people's lives. And then there's hardcore listings. Yes, yes. With Stu and Chris. So that's all you need to do by way of subscribing. As always, this podcast has been produced by Caitlin Mercer for Yahoo with me, Kate Thornton. Our music has been provided uh, and beautifully created by Andy Bell. His new solo album, uh, Glock, uh, is out now. You can download that at iTunes and all good music outlets. Thank you so much for listening. Please do rate or review us if you're so inclined and if you are lifting a glass as you listen to this, try to do what we do, which is drink responsibly. We'll see you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 